Gotta wait for the drop. Gotta wait for the drop. Oh! There it was. You want to know what else dropped was a ton of news this week and past week. Welcome, Josh, to another up, Yanko? podcast. And by gosh, dude, we've got some stuff to talk about. So, you know, the music, the drop, the news dropping. You know what else dropped? The amount of time to football. This is our last weekend without official games being played. We've had preseason, but it's finally here, Josh. It is real. It is very, very real, Yanko. Um, has reality set in yet? Are you barely starting to fathom the fact that we are that much closer to the NFL season coming along? I don't think it's hit me yet. Excitement is always there, of course, as a football fan. But I think what really launches me into football is fantasy football drafting which conventionally is after the last preseason game. And I'll be honest, I'm in a couple of leagues. Not all of them do I hold dear to my heart or not all of them will I invest myself fully into. Uh, to one of our listeners, Maquina de Juego, a.k.a. Diego, who's been on the podcast before, he kind of like, took advantage of my friendship and forced me to be in another league. That puts me at six leagues. He, he texted me and he's like, "I'm you're in this league. I don't care what you say." And you, he's gonna hear it here first. I'm auto drafting that league, bro. Like, <laughs> I, ha- I, uh, I can't, I can't I, do. I, can't I do think that much. this is a strategy from Máquina de Fuego to perhaps distract you from the FFF. That uh, might be a possibility, bro. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to build Belichick his way through my fantasy football phenomenal stature and concrete evidence to the world that I am. Yanko, and I hope that Mrs. Yanko is uh, not listening to this because I'm pretty sure she's going to have your head on a platter once she realizes that you're participating in six fantasy leagues, bro. I think you can relate to what I'm about to say. And this goes out to every multi-league guy. It's easy to manage a league. Because especially when you're not that invested, all you got to do is plug in, plug out players, right? And if you're familiar with who and what and where's going on, I'm not going to be... That's the key, though, Yanko. That's what sucks about being in six leagues. But I'm already that you're not you're not gonna be invested in some, or you're gonna lose interest in others. And all that's gonna happen is you're gonna be pretty much like Jerry Rice in his twilight years, Shaquille O'Neal in his twilight years. That one player that was great in the past, but now is just bouncing around teams. That's how you are, bro. That's how you will be with fantasy football. I'll be consistent where consistency is needed. And that's the FFF. I'll be consistent if I ever get uh, donned and knighted into Chuko. And you know what? I'm going to call you Yanko the Riddler now because these last weeks you've been busting out with some crazy things and some crazy sayings. But (laughs) you're creating material. You are. I am a billboard of just random uh, word combinations. However, I'm sure Mama Yanko appreciates that, Yanko. How about that? You know what? It wasn't hard. It was, let me just, let me rephrase that. It wasn't easy to raise me. How about that? 
I always try to weasel my way out of things. But you know what you can't weasel yourself out of is injuries. And have we had a slew of injuries? Some of them we might overstep or not mention on the pod because a lot of these are guys that not necessarily don't affect your squad. Maybe you are a fan of some of the guys that we'll miss on. But for the majority, we're going to talk about high-profile things that have happened and what we'll try to do in a chronological order because a lot has happened since the last pod and a lot will continue to happen, I think, up until we are into week one, especially with COVID protocols, with injuries that came about through preseason and the biggest thing, cuts. Cuts that have been made because of the 53-man roster and cuts that are rumored to happen still. So what I'm going to do is just go through and mention some of the more relevant ones and kind of just let it free flow from there. There's going to be a lot of intertwining between news, fantasy, and the squad that you follow. So again, it's not to diss or miss or dismiss as a one word. Anything that might be missed on this podcast. However, we're going to do our best to just kind of give you what's relevant for you, the listener, and what we received as feedback that you all have provided throughout the listening. Now, let me say this. Time has flown by. We started and the inception of this podcast started a couple of days after the Super Bowl. And now we are at an episode that is leading us into the start of football. This is the last podcast that is being uh put into the internet airwaves before we draft and the second to last one before we officially start our podcast for the first time and christen ourselves into the NFL season. Time flies when you're having fun. Who isn't having fun is Clyde Edwards-Alaire who sprained his ankle and we might have mentioned this in the last podcast but we're we're just going to talk about players relevancy Last week into this week, and then hopefully trying to project into what's going to happen. So, Clyde Edwards-Alaire did have a high ankle sprain. Does this affect the Chiefs in any sort of way? Josh, what do you think? I don't think so, uh, because they should be running the football more. Um, They shouldn't be so hell-bent in featuring uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, which is a very talented young quarterback and a very talented offense. Number one, uh, by the way, according to the NFL players, uh, I think they shouldn't because this is who the Chiefs are. They don't run the football, even with the first round pick of Clive Edwards or Lair last year, uh, even with the addition of Le'Veon Bell, they don't run the football consistently. And I think part of it has been perhaps their detriment in a sort of way, although yeah. they've been very successful in regular season and in playoffs. Uh, but it's crazy, man. I don't think I've ever seen any team on third and short pass the ball. But you know who do, does passes the ball? Kansas City. They do. Again, because they don't run the ball all that great. Is it scheme? Is it because they perhaps uh, don't feel that they have a, a, a comparable running back? I don't believe none of that exists. They retooled their offensive line. They made a weakness into a strength this year because last year, you know, at the tail end, injuries happened to that offensive line and you know, not that it cost them a Super Bowl, but it contributed for them losing a Super Bowl. Um, so I personally would love to see the Chiefs run the ball more. I don't think they're going to. Uh, so to a certain degree, 
it 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 hasn't really affected them as far as their performance is concerned as far as making playoffs um so but i i would say this i did expect not a not a a crazy season but a very successful season for clive edwards hilaire this year um i think he was going to have a bounce back year expectations were super high for him last year because of that offense and a lot of people i took a flyer in him in the first round in the end of the first round uh so this year even though he's injured most players are injured um if depending on how that injury goes but i would take a flyer in him depending on where he lands um but that's just my take that's how i feel and i I would say you fellow afc west follower that's exactly where I was going, and I'd like your complete transparency because as a fan, to the detriment of the Raiders, as of 2020 and going backwards, the run defense has been subpar, at most mediocre, right? They've adjusted to it, but I'm not making this about the Raiders. I'm making it more about the relevancy of Josh's true point of view and from the Chiefs. So thanks for providing that clarity. However, do I think the Chiefs should run more? I do, but like any good coach, they're going to really pronounce, exploit, and just put under the magnifying glass to practice the strengths of your team. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the strength of that team, and the guys who receive are at the end, because Clyde Arizalera is one of the beneficiaries of some passes out of the backfield, right? And what that might do for Clyde Arizalera's career is to be determined but on this podcast we've talked about how the running back position in general has kind of taken a step back as the league has progressed into a more passing bigger throws offensive game hey you mentioned they pass on third and one and maybe even in fourth and one or short late down yardage to make it a first down and it doesn't even have to be patrick if you remember in the afc championship they did that with tyreek hill and chad henney to get Correct. the first round to seal the deal. So it's not necessarily, again, it's not necessarily based on the strengths of a member. It's based on the strengths of your team. Obviously, one of the big strengths is Patrick Mahomes. However, one of the bigger injuries on that squad is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You do need a complimentary running back so that you're not always just giving Patrick Mahomes 50, 60 throws a game. So... I think it's just and, practice. And just like, just right quick, Yinko, um, some of his, his stats for his rookie year, which was uh, last year was his first year, obviously. He ran the ball 181 times. Uh, he ran it for 803 yards. He averaged 4.4 a carry, which is pretty good. I mean, it's not great, but it's good. And he scored four t- rushing touchdowns. On the receiving end, he caught 36 balls for 297 yards and only one touchdown so his production is great you know even with all those high-flying weapons around kc which obviously is going to feature hill and kelsey uh there was still you know plenty of clive edwards hair that we saw i know he was banged up for a couple of games maybe perhaps they don't they didn't have much confidence in him that rookie year because maybe he didn't know much of protection and obviously you're trying to protect your best asset in the field which is patrick mahomes and a running back, part of part of their duty is protection, you know, when they're going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe that may be the reason. Um, but I just think expectations are super high on this kid coming out of college, and especially in the, uh, you know, where he landed. But uh, he had a pretty good rookie year. It wasn't anything crazy. He didn't let the world on fire, but it was pretty good production. 
definitely draftable and definitely expected uh, to do that. And let's let's stay on the running back train. Let's stay on the running back train in regards to continuing <laughs> and continuing to talk about running backs. One of the bigger injuries. And let me preface the continue the following statement with before we talk about running backs with this. If you've drafted already for your fantasy football team, ouch. Ouch town population you bro. Exactly. Not only has there been running back injuries, but even some running back cuts. And some of these cuts might be some of the deeper, later sleeper rounds that you might have done, but nevertheless will still affect you. The biggest one to now is the season-ending injury to J.K. Dobbins. Craziness. Craziness. We talked about him. We talked about him on the podcast about being a potential guy that you draft. Now, the Ravens find themselves in a situation where I think they actually cut one of their other running backs prior to Dobbins going down. However, if you've drafted Dobbins, what's your next move? What do you do? Uh, how do you process this? And even going back to the Clyde Edwards-Alaire pick, if you did draft him, do you get a little rattled and nervous when you see your guy go down to an injury, both season-ending or might be out a couple of games if you see him on preseason? Do you hope and did you draft your running back? A lot of personal uh, questions when it comes to your fantasy draft. However, Josh, do you think the Ravens go and sign one of the running backs that are still available on the market, such as Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, even Shady McCoy? Unless some of the running backs that they currently have suffer injuries, I don't think they do. Um, they featured a lot of Gus Edwards last year. Uh, it was kind of a split yep. load. There was some Mark Ingram in there too, but they featured a lot of uh, Gus Edwards with uh, J.K. Dobbins. So I think the Ravens probably feel comfortable with what they have in the room. Not only that, but you know that they're going to run the football with Lamar Jackson as well. Absolutely. So uh, they are a front run first team, but I think I would say that they're comfortable with what they have. Uh, so just a heads up that does wonders for Gus Edwards, uh, stock, right. As a, as a drafted Absolutely. running back, because Absolutely. now you know that not that he's going to be the dog, but you know, at least coming into the start of the season, he's going to be the dude for now. Right. And I'll tell you what, I don't like the fact that guys get injured and I'm not wishing ill will on anyone for that matter. However, silver lining as a Raiders fan, if I don't have to worry about Dobbins on Monday night, week one, whew, that's a relief, right? We'll take any break that can come. So good tidbit on Gus Edwards, and let's see if they do pick someone up, right? As I see, it's, I know there was cuts right now, but of course it's it's Gus Edwards, uh, Tyson Williams, and remember Justice Hill, there was a couple of, of games that he's kind of sprung along. And I'm sure there's more in the practice squad, but as of now, that's that's what they got. Are are they going to look at? They might, um, but it seems according to NFL.com, right? Uh, Ravens plan to fill J.K. Dobbins' absence with multiple backs. So what does that mean? Of course, work with what you have first, and then maybe later incorporate somebody that is in the streets right now. You know, a free agent. Yeah. But I say they roll with what they have. Absolutely, I I totally agree. You've got guys that have already learned your playbook, have been practicing your playbook are familiar with the offense and you know the strengths and weaknesses. And maybe you sign someone like the guys we mentioned uh, beforehand 
to your team, but they're definitely going to sit a little bit and have some of that little bit of a dropback uh, learning and adjusting. Another injury that happened that spurred a running back trade, and we mentioned it last time, was that Rams running back Daryl Henderson uh, had a sprained thumb and was expected to keep him, out, keep him out of the regular season opener. So what did the Rams turn around and do? They traded for <laughs> Sony Michelle out of New England. What kind of impact does Sony Michelle have in LA, Josh? I think it's huge, man. Huge. I know uh, Freddie is probably thrilled. Um, not to take anything away from Cam Akers' promising future, uh, but I think Sony Michelle didn't get a fair crack um, at in, in New England. He showed glimpses. He showed kind of some of the stuff of, of what he could do. Uh, but I think Sony Michelle is definitely going to be a huge addition to that Rams uh, team. Not to mention that the Rams run the ball and they do it at a very high rate, right? They've always had a good playbook surrounded, uh, you know, featuring the running backs. So I think it's a great situation for Sony Michelle to perhaps revitalize his career in a way, right? Um, you know, because I, I think he was a he was basically a, a, a dormant, right? In um, in, in New England. So I, I think it's an excellent fantasy addition, to be honest with you, without giving too much stuff away. Uh, but I, th- I, I say you target him anywhere you can get him. I mean, don't overdraft him, of course, but of course. It, it's value with him, man. It's, it's a great addition. And I could get fact checked on this, but I think in college it was Sony Michelle, Todd Gurley, and Nick Chubb for the University of Georgia. Yes. And- so they actually, yeah, it was Chubb. Chubb and um and Michelle played together at Georgia. Yeah. Um they might we might check that with Gurley, but I know for sure it was Michelle and um Chubb were a force to be reckoned with, man. And the reason I bring that up kind of goes along with what you said about New England running backs in general being dormant. One week it's that guy, one week it's the mm-hmm. fullback, one week it's some random guy that you've never heard of. And I don't think it's indicative of Sony Michelle's play. I think Mm -hmm. it's just indicative of the system. And honestly, Mm -hmm. for running back needy teams, I'm surprised that and not I didn't I'm not gonna take any credit about thinking about the idea of trading for Sony Michelle, but I'm surprised that guys who get paid for this didn't draft or not draft, trade for Sony Michelle. Obviously he was available, obviously he was open, and obviously it's someone that the Rams think is relevant and not only shout out to freddie but shout out to steve who must be ecstatic for yeah steve this. too was pretty excited that's right shout out to mr la la lambs and just to kind of give you guys perspective on sony michelle he was drafted in 2018 he obviously was drafted by new england uh his three years in the league have been all with new england so just some of the stats in 2018 his rookie year he had 209 carries 931 yards average 4.5 a carry and had six touchdowns. He's not really much of a of a passing back. Uh, and then in 2019, 247 carries, 912 yards, 3.7 per carry, seven touchdowns. This is where it dropped off in 2020 because he had 79 carries, 449 yards. His average went up 5.7, and he only had one touchdown. Part of it perhaps was uh, injuries, you know, because he was kind of banged up last year. Absolutely. Uh, but I think it's a great opportunity for Michelle. And just imagine... Uh, when Cam Akers requires not to take anything away from uh, from Henderson, but imagine the the stable of Sony Michelle and Cam Akers in your backfield. Uh, I think Matt Stafford is uh, feeling pretty good about himself right now. 
Absolutely. And I think it's probably going if it if we think it's going to be a productive it, or it turns out to be as productive as we think it's going to be. It might be one of the top running backs that Matthew Stafford's ever played with, which for Cam Akers, man, that must that must feel horrible knowing that a, a, a top tier caliber guy is coming into the the running back corral just because you couldn't play. Right. And so decisions uh. will be made. The NFL is a business and we'll see what happens at the end of the 2021 season when uh, he comes back from an injury. Another guy that got injured at the running back position in Jacksonville was Travis Etienne, who officially is now out for the season, now making Robinson a very viable fantasy target as well and the starting running back in Jacksonville. There was already kind of indecision, at least for fantasy owners, I think, that you would split some of those carries or some of that production for fantasy purposes between Etienne and Robinson. But now Robinson number 100 of the top 100 this year uh, as voted on uh, by the NFL players is now your official starter. Do you think Etienne, not Etienne, excuse me. Do you think Robinson is a top tier running back for fantasy purposes? Ooh, well, let's face it. He was actually at the end of last season. If you had Robinson in your fantasy team, uh, you were probably in playoffs and you were probably fighting for, you know, to win. Uh, Robinson was a sneaky p- uh, pickup. I don't think it, I would be shocked if anybody drafted him last year. He was more than likely a waiver wire pickup. And if you pick them up in waiver wire, he was huge for you. Uh, this year, I think the big question mark, kind of what you said, Yanko, is the fact that they went with a tan in the first round along with Trevor Lawrence. Well, guess what? That cl- That is a clean slate now. So now it's back to Robinson. How is he going to mesh with Urban Meyer's system and with Trevor Lawrence? One would think if he was able to do that with pretty subpar quarterback play uh, with Minshew, he was very productive. Uh, yeah. I would I would expect that he would at least have very similar, uh, at least opportunity, right, to perhaps perform or outperform what he did last year. So he's... Uh, he was kind of drafting or he was kind of dropping right in a lot of draft boards, Mm -hmm. but I think now his stock is, is rising once more Uh, where you target is completely up to you. Obviously not in the first round, Um, but I would say maybe third, fourth, fifth, depending on, you know, how, how your league goes would uh, second, I think would be a little bit stretched, but I think third down would be perfect. And um, if you, if you keep, if you kept them, man, it's huge, right? Because I know a lot of people were sour, but now is the opportunity for for uh, for Robinson to lock that down. You know, this is a shot once more with the new coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely, definitely an opportunity to show Urban Meyer and uh, all Jacksonville coaching staff brass that he is the man. Uh, a notable mention for running backs that were cut is Devonte Freeman has been cut from the 53-man roster in uh, New Orleans uh, with the Saints. So the backup to Alvin Kamara, or he was the potential backup to Alvin Kamara, and now he is gone from being a New Orleans member. I was going to say New England. There's a lot of news. N-E-W. New. Yes. N-E-W. New. 
running back news with New England and New Orleans. <laughs> Woo! Anyway. <laughs> anywho. Anywho. So, as we continue to move on through the, the preseason, we started to notice injuries, not necessarily physical injuries, but COVID-listed slash injury lists, right? And I think it's just the beginning of many things to come. And before yep. we, we before we move into it, again, we want to preface by saying that's your personal choice if you believe or don't believe in getting a COVID shot. However, that sediment itself plays a big role in the NFL right now, and that's why we mention it. For example, it was announced that Mike Vrabel and QB Ryan Tannehill, along with some of the other uh, starter, starters or 53-man roster guys for the Titans were put on that list. And I think this is just a preview of what's to come. The fact that COVID does ha just doesn't recognize uh, anyone for who they are. It's just you're sick or you're not, or you're, you tested positive or you're not. For the NFL and NFLPA rules, you're going to have to serve some time. Do you think this has a big effect, Josh, in during the season in regards to ultimately playoff contention? Yeah, much like last year. Uh, I think the NFL's not fooling around. I think the NFL was very flexible last year. We saw it all throughout the season that they were moving, shifting games, uh, Thursdays, Fridays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Yeah. And they don't want to do that anymore. Um, they're they're going to expect for these players to abide by whatever the NFL overall is expecting from COVID protocols and also from each individual team. Um, and the least thing that they want or that the NFL wants is an outbreak. And of course they, they don't want to, you know, lose money in these games. Right. They, they want the, it's a business. It's ultimately a business. Um, but a lot of these players, man, they don't have, again, you mentioned it, you highlighted well, Yinko, whatever your take is on, on vaccination or not, it's a personal choice. Um, you know, whatever, but a lot of these players don't have common sense, man. They, they, if they're not vaccinated, they're out and about like, like whatever, very casual. And I think right here, what ends up happening is just the fact that this is big on your team because of, again, the dangers that is, that is COVID, but how quickly you can spread it. Right. Especially in a 53 man roster or in a facility for that matter. And I think some, some players still don't understand that they see it very lightly. Um, immaturity might be a fact or maybe other mentality, but it's going to affect, it's definitely going to affect a lot of these games. And I remember it, it's simple. If you fail the protocol, you're going to forfeit the game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's Absolutely. no rescheduling. There's no, oh yeah, well, let's play tomorrow. Give us a shot for tomorrow. No. So that's why the threshold of vaccination has to be really high on a team, right? Because the more people you have vaccinated, the likelihood of you getting perhaps COVID or perhaps, uh, you know, not having too much adverse, like adverse uh effect on your team or on your health well it's gonna it's gonna be lightened with a vaccination so it's gonna be interesting it's gonna it's year two of this uh, of this covet pandemic in the in the season i think the nfl did it great last year although there was a couple of teams that you know constantly were being affected by this the raiders uh the raiders the ravens another team um so it, it it's gonna suck for a lot of teams man if you have to forfeit Absolutely, and it's definitely going to have an effect. The question was really just a setup for your opinion, but I don't care who you are uh, or on what side you're on. The mere fact is that I wholeheartedly believe that there is going to be at least a team that will be affected as the result of COVID, 
and their success uh, coming up. One team that's being still affected uh, up until recently are the Colts. Now, let me set the stage for the Colts, right? <laughs> the Colts, to the demise and of their own, coupled with the idea that has been an opinion that Josh has put out here on the podcast, is that Carson Wentz is not the answer. Okay, Let, let's just start with that. However, for the Colts organization, the answer was, is, and was Carson Wentz. Sorry, I, I got stumbled a little bit with my thoughts, but Carson Wentz, they had in the QB corral for the Colts, Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason is now the lone wolf for the quarterback corral in the Colts because Sam Ellinger now has a high ankle sprain suffered uh, leading up to what is the next breaking news, or not necessarily breaking, but news for the quarterback organizational hierarchy at the Colts facility, being that Colts placed quarterback Carson Wentz, center Ryan Kelly, and wide receiver Zach Pascal on the reserve COVID list. So now that has something to do with it. We hardly had any news about Carson Wentz coming back from the surgery he had for his ankle. And although Frank Reich was optimistic, now you just have one guy. And potentially for week one, rolling in with one guy. Now, I'm not a Colts aficionado. I don't follow the Colts as uh, hard as I do the Raiders. But, Josh, what do you think is the level of jeopardy for the Colts season this year? Aside from the expectancy that they had because of everyone they were bringing in and the hype that they had coming out of last season. Man, uh, you hit your wagon with Carson, and here are the consequences, basically. Um I don't. I didn't say that Carson was going to get COVID. I always, I always envisioned that Carson was very, always very uh, riddled with injuries. But now, come on, man. Now COVID. I know it can happen to anybody, but this is no new news. This this has existed for a while. And remember, the best availability or the best ability is availability. So if Hello. you're not you don't have a you're not available for your team what good are you right yeah. uh expectations are through the roof at indy indy has a great squad indy has a great head coach they finally have a great competent general manager that's running things they've hit well on all their draft picks uh they retool this team even with the absence or the uh sudden retirement of andrew luck they went to to you know Jacoby Brissett for a while. They were they were competent. They went with Philip Rivers, and look at what Philip Rivers provided. I think Philip Rivers was severely underrated. A lot of people oh, yeah. thought that oh well, this guy can't move a lick and he throws it horrible. But Philip Rivers could still ball. He just retired because I guess he was done with football, right? But absolutely, it's it's. You you went to go get Carson. A lot of people said it was a, a was a marriage made in heaven with Frank Wright and Carson Wentz. I just I was never a Carson believer, man. I think he's a quitter. I don't know the guy. It's just the body language I see in the reports coming out of Philadelphia and all the major news yeah. outlets. To my eyes, he was always a dude that he quit on the team. He was he's not invested 
as a quarterback should be in his team. Uh, he seemed like a spoiled brat. Uh, he made basically the, the Eagles pick between him and the head coach. Uh, I think he's stuck in that magical run that he had, you know, before he got injured. Mm-hmm. And after, after that, he's been injured. And yep. he's, he has an ego the size of Texas, and I know all players do. I just I don't think that that works well in the locker room, man. That, there's too many negatives, and then now you you factor in the injury, which we've discussed, mm-hmm. and now you add COVID to it because he's going to start with the pup in the COVID list. Come on, man. It. I, I don't know what's going to end up being the end result for Carson Wentz and his tenure with the Colts. But all we can do is say, dang, for the Colts, right? Because as an organization, I was looking forward to seeing Colts relevancy. I was looking forward to seeing the Colts uh, be good in the AFC, right? However, uh, COVID had an injury, had another thought, and that's obviously derailing the Colts at least to begin the season. Uh, Others that have been affected by the COVID reserve list, that they've had to be placed on were three Cowboys, including C.D. Lamb. If C.D. Lamb misses any time, which I don't think he will, but it's these superstar players that if they start missing time, that's where, not necessarily because you forfeit a game, COVID might make you miss the playoffs, but now you're missing pieces that might be the, the what you needed to win a game, which at the end of the season might be the detriment to uh, your team missing the playoffs. Other notable injuries. Uh, Trey Lance chipped his finger, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, so, so he'll be out yeah, for a week. No, I believe. Yeah, for a week. Uh, what that does, I don't think it affected the decision because, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy Garoppolo is now named or has been named the starter for the 49ers. Yeah, I think um, throughout the preseason game or the last preseason game they had against the Raiders, uh, I know it's preseason, but uh, they featured both of them ironically yeah. um, in in the same drives. Could you see that perhaps coupled in uh, this uh, season, perhaps? Uh, but it was a, it was a, it was interesting. It, it was interesting, just to say the least. It was, and now you're starting to find clarity not only san francisco but just in general you're starting to find clarity by teams finally coming out and announcing who their qb1 is for example new orleans came out and said that Jameis winston is their starting quarterback uh the bears had come out already and said that andy dalton was their starting quarterback you had the broncos come out and say that teddy bridgewater is their starting quarterback yeah good old teddy Uh, shout out to the own version of teddy that we have in the fff uh, other quarterbacks that were announced to be the starters was Jacksonville quarterback Goldie Mr. Locks. Lawrence. Yes, thank you. Which Yanko is Yanko's enamored by him. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. I was seeing him in the sideline, Yanko, because I was catching some Tell of the me. highlights. And at just his hair, I just imagine you just staring at him just like this. Look, just like a little schoolgirl. Who said I would stare? I'll braid it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll braid it, man. Uh, our, our, our listeners are severely disturbed by those comments, Yanko, but to each his own. I'll braid it. Another guy that started uh, in a preseason game that finally came back from injury was Joe Burrow for Cincinnati. And that's that's something that the Bengals definitely need 
severely for him to come back. Uh, rumor have is that Jamar Chase isn't doing so well. But, uh, uh, he has a case of the drops. He has a case of the drops. And I saw this uh, internet uh, IG page that said that Jamar Chase arrested for stealing the draft pick, the first draft pick of the Bengals uh, <laughs> due to Zing. lack of production. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on up for. Another news, we talked about it. Josh Rosen was cut last week, or when we talked about it on our last podcast from San Francisco. However, Josh Rosen was signed by the Falcons and was dropping dimes in preseason in Atlanta. So at team number five for Josh in Atlanta after they lost A.J. McCarron to injury as well. So Josh Rosen continues to bounce around the league now in the ATL. Hopefully everything works out for that guy. He is a little bit of a... Uh, doucher on that end as we saw and we've talked about but uh, we'll see poor guy we'll, man we'll poor see guy where his career ends up being uh, interesting stats uh for other qbs that are were named was jalen hurts in philadelphia and i mean stat because check this out and before we take a dive into uh what we think happened in new england i want to bring up the stat because I'm a stats guy. I like to bring stats to the table just for... You're a statistician, Yanko. A statistician. I am. I am. I, I like analytics and sometimes to my own detriment, like saying that... I love uh, carpet. Or I love lamb. For that matter. Here you go. Here you go. Check this out. The 2018 Alabama football roster had three future NFL starting quarterbacks. Tua, Hertz, and Mac Jones. Two future first-round picks at running back. Najee Harris... And Josh Jacobs, four other future first-round wide receivers, Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, and Smith, and four other future first-round picks, Wills, Leatherwood, Sertain, and Williams, Quinn Williams for that. So crazy stats coming out of the wow. seems to be the NFL factory in Alabama, right? However, one of the guys I mentioned that is now named a starting quarterback in New England was Mac Jones. Are you surprised that Mac Jones? is named the starter and the at what ended up being the cut of Cam Newton? Uh, no. I am surprised that they did cut Cam Newton. Um, I didn't really, uh, I would see highlights with all the sporting shows regarding the quarterback battle in New England between Cam and Mac. And from the looks of it, it was very close. And you and I had discussed, Yanko, that anytime a quarterback battle is really close, uh, you give rookie benefit of the doubt, right? If the veteran cannot make a, a distinct separation, uh, you go with you go with rookie. And that's exactly what happened in New England. Um, I really think um, Cam Newton, I don't know what happened. I, I mean, he's, he's had a great career, man, uh, no matter how you slice it. He had great years at Carolina. Uh, he led the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Uh, he was the MVP of the league. Uh, he has all these records at Carolina. He was a, he was a number one overall pick. He, yeah. I, I think he garnered or he met that expectation, right? Of what a first overall pick should be. Uh, he carried Carolina for all those years with Ron Rivera. Uh, but I think now the, the time is done. Um, whether he was disinterested, whether he wasn't emotionally invested, Maybe he wasn't hungry anymore. Maybe he has his sights on post-football. Uh, 
And again, whatever your take is on COVID, whether you should get vaccinated or not, completely up to you. Um, I just don't see that desire in Cam anymore. And I obviously don't know what's in his heart or what his motive is. But again, seeing all the reports coming out, um, I don't I don't envision him personally as a backup. Yeah, uh, I really think he was either he's either a starter. Or he's not um, not that he's not a humble, a humble guy. No, but I think he's done. So to make to answer the question regarding Mac Jones again, if Mac Jones was performing the same as Cam, wouldn't you just take a flyer on Mac Jones? Rather than doing it on Cam, we have talked about it, and necessarily not for what the Patriots are, right? Cam, what was Cam versus Mac? However, you and I seem to defer on a couple of things. I think it's very circumstantial. In this case, for New England, yes, I agree with you. I don't think I would agree with you if we had the exact same terms that we would talk about with other QB battles that were had, right? Like uh, the Chicago QB battle. Maybe even the San Francisco QB battle. However, in this case, I do think it's the best thing for New England. Look, Cam had his shot. And I think there's a lot of Cam fans that live in what Cam was when he took him to the Super Bowl and consequently lost, or eventually lost, better said, uh, to Denver. He was great. He's a super athlete. And do I think that there's 64 other athletes at the QB position better than him? I don't think there's 64. I do think there's a starting 32 that would have something to say about that. However, Cam, I, uh, some of Cam's biggest obstacles has been maturity. It hasn't been his skill. It hasn't been his athleticism. It hasn't been what he can do on the field. It's his maturity. Honestly, when you look at Cam's throwing motion, I felt like after he had that big shoulder injury in Carolina, like he was really forcing that throw, almost like a, like a like a pitcher really trying to put a lot of effort into a fastball. He would really push and contort his body to zing that ball. And that was a success. I I, I can't do that. And so you I'm think not, he was never really right after his injury, his shoulder think, injury? I don't think he was really right after a shoulder injury. And I don't think he was really right mentally ever, for that matter. You play with a star and you play with an athlete and you definitely milk all of the athleticism and skill. But as Father Time has showed us, with the exception of Tom, you, your athleticism and your skill starts to take a flyer and not necessarily come back or be at 100% of what, where you were when you were drafted, in this case for Cam. But you start making up for that lack with mentality, with maturity, with presence on and off the field. And I don't think Cam ever brought that. I don't think Cam ever did that. And I think a lot of it, because some of the news that prior to Cam getting cut was that again, he was in COVID protocol. I don't know if he's vaccinated or not, but it gave me the sense that Cam had a lack of maturity on how he didn't have attention to detail or just didn't care to follow some of the protocol. That's, that's the key, Yanko, I think. I don't think, I, 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 that's why I say that, not that he's careless, I just don't think he has it anymore. Now, we can't compare him with a goat, but it just kind of goes to show you when a quarterback really wants it, it, you can defy age. Father time is going to limit you in some of the things that you can and can't do, right? We understand yeah. that. But look at Tom Brady. He's been able to perhaps eclipse or prolong his career yep. by figuring out what he can't and what he can do and excel in the can. And for instance, Cam Newton, we know this guy's a beast, man. I mean, he's a monster. He's an athletic freak. He's 6'6". He's like 
250, 260, and can move, and he can thump anybody. We get that. But I, I wouldn't mean I wouldn't it, mean that. It's it's just the fact that I I think you're sometimes we talked about this. You're so beholden of your athletic ability that you feel that you're going to be invincible for the rest of your career, and not that you get lazy, but you get so accustomed to that that you don't modify or you don't tweak your game, right? You you don't excel in in other things, especially at quarterback, of what you need to do. It's kind of like a receiver. Why did Jerry Rice, you know, uh, play for so long? He was never the fastest. He was never the athletic, nope. but he was able to prolong or perhaps uh, craft right, uh, cater his game differently uh, to prolong his career. And I think that's when a lot of quarterbacks can't can't do that right. And in, in the case of Cam, and kudos for Mac Jones because I personally think he's going to have success because New England is a very disciplined defense. Yes, uh, they're not going to they're not going to put the rookie quarterback in a bind. And if anything shown you now that they're going back or they went heavy on tight end, they're going to rely heavily on run and perhaps play action. So they're not going to force Mac Jones to make every throw. Not only that, but couple that, that they retool the offensive line. They went to go get all these weapons, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, uh, John U. Smith, mm-hmm. um, you know, the list goes on and on. So they're going to ask Mac Jones just to not turn the ball over and play disciplined defense. And that is a recipe for success in new England because they've done that before and it could work again. And Mac Jones is not a flashy guy. You know, he, he, uh, he, he's not very athletic. He's going to make the throws. And I think that's why it's key. And obviously that's the difference between him and Cam Newton, right? Yeah. Cam Newton was the complete opposite of that. So since Cam Noon really didn't separate all that much from Mac, I think that's why Cam is gone. No, I, I totally agree. And I would be surprised if he ever gets a starting role in the NFL anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't I'm see that make, either. Man. I'm going to make a comparison to an NBA player that I think Cam represents. Not currently who he is because I think he's matured out of it, the NBA player. But who Cam was for a while and who this guy was in the league for a while in the NBA. And that's Carmelo Anthony. How long did Carmelo Anthony kind of float around? As a matter of fact, he didn't play for a full year because it was being said that he wasn't going to take anything where he wasn't a starter. Right? And he ended up with, after some leave, he ended up with the Portland Trailblazers, and he ended up being great. I mean, as a sixth man, as a guy that could provide, as a guy that knew his role, and because of what he was able to prove, show, and mature, he's now with the Lakers. I think if Cam kind of just follows the same trajectory, he'll be on an NFL team. I just don't think. But he's not as a starter. No, no, no. Not no, as no. a starter, man. And to, to further prove my point about skill and maturity and mindset over athleticism, I don't have to leave New England. They kept Hoyer over Cam. And Hoyer's been back and forth in the league and many teams, but he, he tends to come back to New England. And I think that's very indicative of what Bill thinks of him. You can't tell me, using another example, you can't tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick is more athletic than Cam Newton. He isn't. But you know who was named a starter in Washington? Ryan Fitzpatrick. A guy that knows Cam as that were the head coaches and Juan Rivera. Ron Rivera. A simple, a simple example, Yanko. And I know it was a different it was different last year because uh Alex Smith was there, right? And he was coming yeah. up back from that horrific injury in Washington. But if Cam was that dude. Don't you think Ron Rivera would have taken a flyer on him? 
Oh, absolutely. Because they they were quarterback. They needed quarterback, right? It was very murky. They had Alex Smith. Dwayne Haskins was cut because of his carelessness, and they had a bunch of nobodies. Cam Newton was a free agent. If if Ron Rivera, who better than Ron Rivera, who coached him in Carolina, if he knew that he had it in him, or if he knew that he could be molded into the quarterback, you know, they needed a quarterback. There was a familiarity there. Yeah. And Ron Rivera didn't take a flyer on him. You know who did that to their detriment? Frank Reich with Carson Wentz. I know the guy. I may bring him in. There you go. Look where they are now. And look at and look at look at now. I mean, at least to him, it hasn't happened yet. It's in the makings, but it's hard, man. It's it's hard to win in this league, and it's let alone hard to find that quarterback that is going to enhance or elevate your team to greatness. Yeah, and it's without mention that the NFL is a business, and the NFL tends to forgive. And not and forget for that matter a lot of the uh, immature detriments and uh, any nuances that are shined negatively on a player, especially when there's a need. So what I mean by that is that Cam will end up somewhere. I mean it, it was said and rumored that the Cowboys were kicking the tires on Cam. However, they moved on with another ex-Carolina quarterback and they claimed off waivers Will Greer after they cut. Uh, Garrett Gilbert and uh, Danucci. So uh, a lot of quarterback movement, a lot of quarterback, but obviously the more stunning one was Cam being cut uh, from New England. And then, I mean, to this point, it's kind of hard to take a flyer, you know, because everybody's already set with their playbooks. Everybody has already a game plan Mm -hmm. established what they're going to do. So bringing in a quarterback that's not familiarized with your playbook or with your system is at heart a perfect right at the top of my head a perfect destination for camp just given the circumstances of where this franchise is headed is the texans they have tyrod taylor did you hear deshaun watson they're, they're gonna have him benched they're, yeah. they're apparently they're not gonna play him and they even they even modified his uh his uh, cap they're gonna play him but it's only gonna be like half or something like that yeah so so cam is like excellent to go there but even then that they're in such a desperate position i don't even feel that they're gonna take a flyer on cam no no well, we don't know and it said that the texans are taking it one day at a time with Deshaun watson but you can't tell me that if you put tyrod taylor and cam newton on paper back to back again ignoring everything that we just said about cam that tyrod beats cam out right so we'll see, which leads me into my next uh, topic about QBs. BR Gridiron, as much as I've uh, used them for positive and negative uh, enforcement for uh, my personal <laughs> opinion, put out what they think is their top, the ranking of 32 to number one quarterback. So I'm just going to run through this real quick. And then anything that stands out to you, Josh, uh, just uh, say out there. And let me preface this by saying I like where they put Derek. I think they put Derek in a spot that uh, I'm comfortable with. And I like, actually. So number 32, Tyrod Taylor. Number 31, Jalen Hurts. Starter in Philly now. Uh, number 30, Zach Wilson. Number 29, Teddy Bridgewater. Ouchtown population, Denver. Uh, 28, Tua Tagovailoa. I hope I said that right. Tagovailoa. 27, Sam Darnold with Carolina. 26, surprising. Jimmy Garoppolo with San Francisco. 25, Andy Dalton with Chicago Bears. 24, uh, it was Cam Newton, but now it's Mac Jones. Uh, 23, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Washington. 22, Trevor Lawrence. 21, Jameis Winston. 20, Daniel Jones. 19. Now we're getting into the teens. 19, Jared Goff with Detroit. A little bit debatable there with some of the guys, I think, that we've mentioned. 18, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. 
17 Carson Wentz, 16, well, it's not Carson, depends if he starts or not, right? But 16 Ben Roethlisberger, 15 Baker Mayfield, 14 Kirk Cousins, 13 your boy Derek Carr, man, which I think, I think it fits. I think it fits at number 13. 12, Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah. Right outside the top 10, Justin Herbert. 10, Kyler Murray. 9, Ryan Tannehill. 8, Dak Prescott. Prescott. Prescott, if he starts. 7, Matt Ryan. Lamar Jackson at 6. 5, Josh Allen. 4, Russell Wilson. 3, Aaron Rodgers. 2, Tom Brady. And 1, Patrick Mahomes. So some shuffling, but I think the top 10, top 5 are, are pretty solid. Uh, with uh, Justin Herbert hanging out at number 11. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Justin Herbert. Rumor mill, Dolphins are front runners to trade for Deshaun Watson. Interesting, but we'll see what happens. QB what, do you think, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they, they're going to pull the plunge? Oh, man. I don't think the Texans move on from, from Deshaun Watson until there's legal clarity. I wouldn't. I keep him. I keep him. You had your chance to get high market value for him. I think I keep him until you get clarity. And if it's something that's really, really bad, I just cut him. I cut him and then let him let some other team uh, flirt with the idea because if something is really, really bad, no one's going to trade for him, especially with the contract he's looking for or probably still has. Uh, you could say, and it's debatable to say, well, why don't you just trade him now instead of cutting him? Uh, his situation is so fluid that I don't think there's any certainty and any wrong answer uh, to that. Uh, notable mentions on injury and cuts. Stefan Gilmore uh, going past week six or won't be activated until week six being put on the pup list. Uh, fantasy alert. Michael Thomas is now being placed on the injury reserve list and he will be out the first five games for New Orleans. Ouch town population of new orleans and fantasy for that matter it just keeps getting better and better for new orleans man it does it, it almost seems like drew Brees picked the perfect timing to call it quits and go uh be a commentator at nbc <laughs> and uh something that was out of the control for new orleans new orleans will not be at least for uh a month of for the month of september in new orleans because of hurricane ida uh you know you you hurt and you just have a bunch of sympathy for new orleans and the louisiana region in general uh if you guys know anyone there it's it's hard it must be hard but the new orleans saints will not be playing in new orleans at least for september uh other releases or cuts cornerback desmond trufant was released by the bears uh that was a little bit interesting cardinals placed cornerback malcolm butler on the reserve retired list interesting but i don't think he was really that relevant anymore uh vikings tight end irv smith underwent surgery to repair his meniscus with a four to five month return table uh pretty big especially if you drafted him uh the lions cut wide receiver brichard perriman but the bears turned around and side signed him uh to that one of the other trades and i'm gonna only mention this because i'm a homer for the raiders uh they traded with the panthers for linebacker perriman i forget his first name but his last name is perriman uh, hopefully that helps uh, the linebacking situation in Las Vegas, for that matter. And then, as I said, the Panthers released quarterback Will Grier. The only reason I'm mentioning that one is because 
Uh, the Cowboys picked or claimed him on waivers. Uh, one that I failed uh, to mention, or two actually. Uh, this one's a trade. Jaguars sent quarterback Sidney Jones to Seattle in exchange for a 2022 six-round pick. And Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton undergoes surgery and to be placed uh, on the reserve to start the 2021 season. Uh, also being affected by the COVID listing injuries or reserve slash COVID list is Tyron Matthew. Odd. Very, very odd. Very I was going to say, Yinkle, one underrated trade. And you mentioned uh, there was a lot of little trades. I don't know if you caught some of them. Some of them were like, ah, you know, cool. Can uh, I guess what you're going to say? Let's see if we're on the same, on the same wavelength here. Are you going to talk about Shaq Lawson? No. Oh. I was. I, th- I think we talked about it before we went on air, but uh, uh, Christian Herndon, tied in from the Jets. Mm. He's a purple people eater now, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Because of the injury that happened to Irv Smith, tight end from the Vikings. Yep. And remember, there's no more Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they traded for the Jets at Christian Herndon. I, I actually think that's a heck of a trade. Uh, this guy was very underrated. Uh, I don't think he was really given a fair share, given all the turmoil that existed with the Jets. Mm-hmm. But now he's going to be a Minnesota Viking, so now is his shot to to see what he's got in a very talented offense. Real quick, does that bring fantasy value? Yes, it does. I would draft uh, Christian Herndon. Especially at that position at tight end, We're because so tight end right now is man, it, it's like football in the summer, bro. You got nothing, nothing. Yep, and that's something that definitely we've talked about on the podcast as uh, the lack of tight ends for fantasy football purposes, right? But and Batiari is also on the pup list. Batiari uh, left is left on the tackle pup list. with uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Another cut that that happened was running back Royce Freeman. After three seasons, uh, they cut him to make room for the roster on incoming waiver claims in Denver. So that's another cut uh, as well. One of the trades that I failed to mention was that the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew to get him out of Jacksonville into Philadelphia, which to me tells me that either A, the backups in Philadelphia weren't great, or... They're giving Jalen a shot with a very, 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 very short lease. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, Part of the reason I think they want to give Jalen Hurts a shot, right? Um, Because they didn't draft the quarterback. They had the opportunity to draft the quarterback this year at any draft, at any round. But the Eagles opted not to. So they're going to give Hertz a shot, see what he has. And if not, they have the, in, the ultimate insurance policy in Gardner Minshew and address the need once more next year. So that'll be interesting. Another quarterback that made the 53-man roster was Dwayne Haskins in Pittsburgh. So he mm. is tending to be, or at least superficially, you could assume that he is the has the opportunity to become the predecessor to uh, Big Ben in the coming future. Uh, again, Texans are trading pass rusher Shaq Lawson to the Jets. It almost feels like the Texans will take anything that they can get uh, to start building for the future. Uh, the Vikings signed Harrison Smith to a four-year, $64 million extension. Harrison Smith being one of the uh, upper echelon, I think, safeties in the league. Uh, he's been pretty consistent in Minnesota, so that works out 
uh, as well for him. A lot, a lot that that has happened, and I think will continue to happen uh, for the league and how it affects fantasy football. And again, if you've already drafted, you might be in a world of hurt. Uh, if you drafted some of the guys that went down to injury or uh, that have been cut, uh, Cam Newton, you might have drafted Cam Newton as a backup. If you drafted him as a starter, oh man, I'm not sure what to think of you. But uh, yeah, pity, pity. Now, uh, again, this is just as we continue to go with news. I'm the firm believer in someone who, well, not someone, better said, what happens? Do you remember when Vince Young came out and said that there was an all-star team in Philadelphia? Correct. Right? And they had zero success. I tend to believe that when there is that type of mentality in a locker room, a big percentage of the time, you're going to not produce what you said. You're kind of basically you're going to fail. Why do I bring that up? Well, Joe Mixon came out and said that he just called the Cincinnati offense the Fabulous Five, referring to him, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Man, I don't, I, I just don't like hearing that uh, from anyone in any locker room. We'll see what happens with the production in Cincinnati. Do you think there's any fantasy value in Cincinnati? Uh, there is there is fantasy value even with Joe Mixon, although I'm not I've never been a big on him. I don't think he's taking that step as a very prominent running back. Uh, T. Higgins had a really solid uh year last year. And I was big on Jamar Chase, man, but man, all the reports coming out, they're they're brutal. That might be they're a good sit on as also just as an observational sit and not yeah. necessarily uh, uh, I'm high to draft him in high fantasy football. And and to be fair, man, it's it's rough. It, it we we see that history is. history is not kind to rookie wide receivers. Uh, the numbers that Justin Jefferson posted last year that's an outlier completely. Uh, I just think Justin Jefferson was just a perfect fit for him, perfect situation, and he busted his butt to get mm-hmm. there. And C.D. Lamb had a very obviously uh, promising year too. Uh, but Justin Jefferson just excelled, man. And I know also uh, the kid from uh, from San Francisco. Um, I always forget his name, man. Ayuk, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk also had a had a good season. Uh, Judy was up and down. Rugs was, uh, and so was Rager. But uh, it's hard, man. It's it's hard to replicate or to be an instant impact at wide receiver in the NFL. But uh, it doesn't help either being drafted at five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a high expectation to to suck so fast. According to yeah. what's coming out, one of the surprise waves cuts that came to uh, the news desk per se uh, in the NFL was that the Eagles waived wide receiver Travis Fulgham. Yeah, that was surprising. That was surprising. He, he was the most he was the most productive wide receiver last year, and this year you're like, oh, dude, deuces, we don't have a roster spot for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what, and I'm sure some teams are digging into what's going on there, but that was uh, pretty surprising for me. Other notable players that uh, were NFL roster cuts, we already mentioned Cam Newton, John Brown with the Raiders. And I kind of saw that coming because he was the potential only starter in that wide receiving core playing uh, the third preseason game. And it's not that they cut him, he asked for the departure. So right. uh, we'll see. They didn't cut uh, wide receiver Willie Sneed, 
which tells me that that's who they brought on instead. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Brashard Perriman, uh, he's been signed by the Browns, not the Browns, the Bears, who was cut by Detroit. Uh, Bernard, no, let me rephrase that. Benedrick McKinney, a linebacker in Miami, was cut. Uh, Haha Clinton Dix was cut in San Francisco. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he got an interception. He did. Uh, Desmond Trufant was also cut in Chicago. We already talked about Devontae Freeman. Jordan Howard was cut in Philadelphia. Uh, Matt Skura, center, was cut in Miami. And surprised a little. Not a whole lot, but a little. Uh, Everson Griffin was cut by the Minnesota Vikings. And he was just re-signed again. Did you see oh, yeah. that? Tell me. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I, I was just seeing this. I, I, I was at first, I was like, what? So Bleacher just reported, Minnesota re-signs Everson Griffin. Uh, Vikings Pro Bowl defensive back is back after being cut yesterday. Team needed a roster spot to move, to make other moves. So they re-signed him. They cut him to trim down 53-man roster. And then this week, they signed yeah. him again. Yeah. So Minnesota's teasing. <laughs> teasing is uh, – that's some that's that's a roller coaster for a player, right? But Roller coaster <laughs> of love. No I know you love. Everson Grifton. I do like some love. disco, though. Uh, interesting stat, longest wingspans ever recorded by a wide receiver in the last 20 years or tight end, DK Metcalf at 6'10 with 7 eighths inches. And get this, Kyle Pitts, 6'11", 3 eighths. Dang! I saw him play a little bit uh, for some of the highlights in the wide receiver, not wide receiver, the Atlanta Falcon preseason games. He looks mm-hmm. like a wide receiver. I was catching, just out of curiosity, Yanko, but I was catching up with some of the peeps that I know that already underwent their uh, drafts for fantasy football. And just out of curiosity, I asked them if, uh, there was about two or three of them, um, I asked them if Kyle Pitts in the respector draft uh, went high, and they said yes. And I think that's, I think just, that's just due to the uh, small amount of tight ends available for fantasy purposes, right? Perhaps, I'll man, myself up there, depending on remember. how... How you don't out. overdraft for need, bro. That is Josh's. That is Josh's tidbit of fantasy, um, bold or nuggets. Never, ladies or gentlemen, do you draft out of need or out of desperation. That that reasoning will be put to test in a sixteen man. <laughs> I absolutely Indeed. think it will be. But another interesting stat, the four projected AFC East starting quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Tua, and Josh Allen, average and will be younger than 25 years old. Crazy, crazy? man. Crazy. My little, I could have a little brother who could be starting for the NFL uh, with that. Uh, pro football focus, getting into the fantasy football world and subjects. Pro Football Focus came with, out with uh, players to target by round. Not first round, second round, like who, but just an average who you should target, they think, by round. So you tell me if you agree with this. In round one, you should target Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Round one. I'm not sure how I feel about Aaron, but Devontae, certainly. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I Aaron Jones is great production, man, and he's done nothing but that. And he's Mr. 915 representing Chuko. But I wouldn't draft Aaron Jones in the first round. 
Second round. Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris. Just to give you some kind of idea. Of yes, yes, yes. This guy right here drafted Justin Jefferson as a keeper in the 11th round last year. So, yes, great value. Round, great value. Round three, George Kittle, Terry, scary, scary Terry McLaurin. You had him too, right? Yes, Terry McLaurin is very underrated. Uh, Kittle, yeah, I would take a – because of the tight end position – um, I would take Kittle, Kittle or or Scary Terry third round. What say you, Yinko? I hey, at at the need of tight end for or the lack of amount of tight ends that are of fantasy value, I wouldn't be surprised uh, at tight ends going higher than average. Oh, of course, even T.J. Hawkinson's gonna go high. You watch. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the top ten. Uh, tight ends, according to NFL football focus. Round four, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen. I, I, man, mm, I don't know how to feel about Julio. I'm not high on Julio this year, I man. I don't know how to feel about I Julio. completely agree with Thielen. He's very underrated. I wouldn't go with Julio. Round five, Chase Claypool, Lamar Jackson. I, I would go for, yeah, I mean... That's, I still wouldn't go running back. I mean, uh, quarterback, but I would draft Claypool. I think Claypool's going to be have a good season. Now, now we're going to get into Adam Schefter's fantasy cheat sheet and value wide receivers in early rounds. So when I, I'm just going to say the name and then you just early rounds consist of uh, rounds one through three. And you just hit me with a yes or no. After I say hit me with your best shot. Step I don't know if he caught. <laughs> you like that, huh? Yes, that was really nice. So, Stefan Diggs, yes or no? Yes. DK Metcalf? No. Calvin Ridley? Ooh, no. Justin Jefferson? Yes. Keenan Allen? Yes. CD Lamb? Yes. Now, middle rounds, four through seven. Okay. Deontay Johnson? Yes. Brandon Ayuk? Yes. Jerry Judy? No. Chase Claypool? Yes. Michael Gallup? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of CD's injury, or depending on how he's going to be out. It's, it's a... It, Middle man. rounds. Remember that Amari's still there, too. And it's four through seven, right? Yeah, this is four through seven. So this really depends on how many teams are in your fantasy football league. Yeah. But he's one of those like mm, Jalen Waddle, rookie out of nah, Alabama. I, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do four to four through seven. Cheat sheet for late rounds, and this is just everything that's remaining. Antonio Brown. Sure. Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards, not Ruggs. Okay. Marcus Calloway? Yes. Nicole Hardman? Mm, sure. <laughs> AJ Green? Mm, sure. Deshaun Jackson? No. So, what I'm going to do now is just go yes, no based on my opinion. All right, Stefan, early rounds one through three. Yes, DK Metcalf. Yes, Calvin Ridley. Yes, Justin Jefferson. No, 
Keenan Allen, no. CD Lamb, yes. How dare you say no to Justin Jefferson, you bastard? I have my thoughts. Valued wide receivers middle rounds, three through seven, or four through seven. Deontay Johnson, yes. Brandon Ayuk, yes. Jerry Judy, yes. Chase Claypool, yes. Michael Gallup, no. Jalen Waddle, no. Late rounds, eight and remaining. Antonio Brown, never. Henry Ruggs, yes. Marcus <laughs> Calloway, yes. McCall Hardman, underrated. If he's still available, yes. AJ Green, eh. Deshaun Jackson, double, eh, eh. So, uh, out of the two, if you had AJ Green and Deshaun Jackson on the board, who do you take? Deshaun. I would take Deshaun too. I think he has more upside in in in, uh, in he's LA. Your, he's your feast or famine, the guy you fill in for, I think, flex at a buy. I think AJ. Yeah, man, that ship has sailed for AJ already. Although he's going to a perfect scenario, perfect situation for him. For him. Fantasy, for him. I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. So when I kind of scoffed at the Justin Jefferson idea, again, I like Justin Jefferson, and I'm going to wrangle in Justin Herbert into this point that I want to just put out there. My God. There's no hate, but I just think that it's crazy how people have put these players in their top 10, and they haven't even played their sophomore season yet. No, that's fair. Top 10, that, that's hard, man. That's hard for me, for me. However, uh, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Uh, and maybe they'll be top 10 2022 season. But, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about Justin Jefferson early top 10 or. Uh, so, just, I mean, Justin Do Jefferson, Justin. what he did. I, but the both Justices have t- terrific freakish years for rookies. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson had 88 catches, 1,400 yards, s- uh, seven touchdowns. That was his production as a rookie. A lot of people make the mistake that, oh, well, if he did that last year, that only means he's going to do better this year. No. No. It just depends what your expectations are. I see it from a different perspective, uh, from a different set of eyes, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that I drafted him and it was a keeper. So I was like, yes, of course I'm taking him, you know, because I drafted him last year in the 11th round. So what are the chances of an 11th round pick even having a semblance of the production? Now we go to the other Justin and we already discussed this, but yep. so this boy had through for 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Now, Yanko, out of both of them, who do you think, okay, who do you think is going to have a sophomore slump? Just they play two. They play two complete different positions. Uh, expectations are very different for both because one's yeah. a quarterback and the other one is a receiver. Yeah. But out of everything provided, you say Justin I think Herbert? Justin Herbert, and here's my thought, not because I'm hating on Justin or because he's a Charger and I don't like the Chargers for obvious reasons. Go Chargers, go. Go Chargers. The thing with me is that an offense revolves around the quarterback. And Mm -hmm. so defensive coordinators will tailor and move pieces around against a quarterback more often than they they will a specific wide receiver. Do you see? Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yes. The adverse effect that a defense will have on a quarterback or – in, re- in regards to comparing a quarterback to a wide receiver is going to be more 
relevant with a quarterback because he has tendencies and he's involved in every play of the game, regardless of who the quarterback is. A wide receiver, he's a guy that either gets open for himself or uh, is so good or so bad that directly affects himself. I think Justin Jefferson will have a better season fantasy-wise and his position than what Justin Herbert will have. Now, if any of them don't have a sophomore slump and they begin they begin to show prominence in fantasy football realms, then my my idea of both of them will change. But apples to apples, just Justin to Justin. See what I did there, Justin. Uh... I'm more pro Jefferson Justin than Herbert Justin. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to do the same thing, Yanko. I'm trying to uh, eliminate the AFC West rival that exists in me in regarding to the Chargers. So I'm trying to be uh, even keel here. Mm-hmm. But I actually agree with you. I I think uh, quarterback position um, defenses figure you out, man. Yeah. Um, and it's only those that excel that uh you know become prominent and for all we know he has a terrific year this year and he shuts both of us up or his his uh, naysayers yeah uh, it's not to say that he's not going to be a talented dude i no, just no, no, think no, no. sophomore slump is very real and um I, I really think it's hard to replicate uh a quarterback than receiver than the expectation of a receiver because the receiver feeling is still there Right, Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. They still have Delvin Cook. They traded for a tight end. Um, they traded for a tight end. So, so you're it. It's the same consistency, unless he starts having a bad case of the drops. Then that could change everything. But absolutely, I don't expect for him to have 1,400 yards. And if he does, great. I probably tamper the expectations a little. Uh, but I think Herbert is is yeah. He's not gonna. So uh, at defenses, man, defenses, defenses adapt quick in the NFL. Yep. Ask Mr. Mahomes. And I fully have this expectation, again, to be a homer, that Gus Bradley, coming from the Chargers, will adjust to what he was able to see in L.A. while he was able to observe a Justin Herbert and even adjust the Chargers defense in practice to Justin Herbert. So that's kind of an advantage for the Raiders. Quick shoot question for you, Josh. Yes. Better duo, Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams or Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey? Who's the Patrick better? Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, man, because of health. The Adams is always banged up. Always. Um, right. not, nothing to take away anything from Adams, but that's why I would go Kelsey Mahomes. One more situation. And oh, and before I move on to the other one, I'm going to go with Aaron and Devontae. Uh, why? Because, well, because Devontae is at a position that's used a lot more. All, his responsibility is only wide receiver. Tight end, you're blocking for run. You're setting up screens. You're doing a lot more. So there's a lot more attention and uh, uh, statistically chances for injury than a wide receiver. However, I do respect your point also. One more comparison at a better duo. Derek Carr with Darren Waller or versus Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Nah, Carr and Waller. Yeah, same here. And it's not to be a homer, but uh, I just trust Waller more than Lockett. Because both quarterbacks, although Russell is better than Derek, are delivering the ball for success. Uh, before we start winding down, I want to give out uh, some trade scenarios that might happen wow, still. Wow, 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 wow. That's my winding down noise. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> uh, he too, he can. Trades NFL teams should propose before week one. The Seattle Seahawks 
should trade for Sterling Shepard, wide receiver for the Giants? What do you think? Yes or no? He would be a wide yes. receiver three kind of a slot guy. I would actually see him as a wide receiver two and put Tyler Lockett as a slot guy. Mm. And remember, they just paid Tyler not too long ago. Washington True. football team sends safety Landon Collins and a day two pick, which is basically second round and up, uh, to the Houston Texans for Brandon Cooks. I forgot. I even forgot Brandon Cooks was in Houston. But uh, nah. you stay as is. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that too. Wide receiver Michael Thomas to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a prominent cornerback, C.J. Henderson. I'd do it. If I was Jacksonville, I, I would. Yeah, that. you have a, a true number one and DJ Shark. Yeah, DJ Shark. And uh, I forgot that other dude with a weird name there. Um, there will be excellent pieces for Michael Thomas, like to excel them. Yeah, to, to push them up to the next level. Right. Although uh, Michael Thomas can be a diva and is injured for the first five weeks. New England Patriots trade Stephon Gilmore and wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who has been. I don't know. He's been losing. He's in the pup list too. Yeah, to Dallas for a wide for wide receiver Michael Gallup and a second round pick. Yes, I think that's pretty fair. Although uh, New England went crazy with the receiver, but you can never have too many targets for Mister Jones. Jacksonville Jaguars trade for Zach Ertz and a day two pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, I think that's that would help. Uh, Goldilocks. He's not what he was, but he he will excel uh, with uh, what you call Goldilocks. You sick, sick man. <laughs> I'll braid him any day. Cleveland Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to the Chicago Bears for defensive lineman Akeem Hicks. That would be amazing. Dang. That would be amazing. What do you think? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. I I, yeah, I think Odell would be perfect in Chicago. Here's one. I would want him in Green Bay, but he would be perfect in Chicago. Denver Broncos trade for quarterback Matt Ryan to the Denver Broncos for Drew Locke and two first-round picks. Yeah, I think you could. I think you could win with that defense. You can, dude. Denver. I keep telling. I was talking to this Raider fan, a coworker uh, of mine. Um, and he was telling me that the Broncos are trash. I was like, no, bro. The Broncos aren't trash. The quarterback situation is trash. But if you flip the script on a quarterback, dude, the Broncos are, yeah. Bold statement on my part, and you might agree with this bold statement. If this were to happen, this could be a repeat of Peyton going to end his career in Denver with yeah. the defense that they're carrying. That's, how, that's this, how good, that's how talented Denver is. I think they're the top defense at the AFC West and are definitely top five in the AFC in general. Yeah, absolutely. But, and you have Vaughn coming back. Here's one. Las Vegas Raiders trade Cleveland Farrell to Jacksonville Jaguars, which is becoming the Jacksonville Clemson uh, Tigers uh, for cornerback C.J. Henderson. I do yes. it. Yes. Yes. I do it. Where do we sign? Where do we petition? <laughs> do we do a GoFundMe account? <laughs> Petition, GoFundMe, uh, anything to make it happen because I think uh, Cleveland Farrell is not turning out to what his draft position But is he's a high-character guy, remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, he's a, definitely going to be a great morale for the locker room off the bench, which I think that's where he'll start this year, uh, definitely. Uh, a couple of things just to round out or continue to round out. Q, uh, sound? Your sound of, of winding down? No? I forgot what it was. I went blank. 
<laughs> well, the sound that I made. As you slept on your sound, wow. I wanted to talk about wow. who your biggest wow. fantasy sleeper is. And I'm just going to mention a couple. And then if you have any fantasy sleepers, just to, as we lead into this weekend's draft, uh, putting it out there for content. I honestly think Marvin Jones could be a fantasy sleeper. And he's in Jacksonville with Goldilocks, Trevor Lawrence. Mr. Marvin Jones. Mm -hmm. Another mm -hmm. wide receiver, Amon Ra St. Brown with the Lions, especially in dynasty leagues or pickup leagues. Uh, he might he might hit lightning in the bottle, kind of your Justin Jefferson. Cortland Sutton, I think, is a sleeper in Denver. Regardless of Cortland Sutton was Cortland Sutton was really good last year. I mean, not last year. He was drafted high last year, but he had a uh, the injury and he just never really amounted to much. But yeah, I I agree with that. Sleeper late rounder. I'm gonna go Homer. Henry Ruggs the third. I think this has to be his prove it season, and I think he has it. I and I think I'm you're a prove it season. Hey, I'm always proven. Man. It's uh, I'm gonna go, go super deep here. I'm gonna go like depths of uh, deep sea deep here. All right, depths of deep sea deep. Yes, wow. Once again, I might be you have outdone yourself. Did you, did you ever see uh, that movie with oh, what's his name? That with the with the monsters that are called Caillou's Pacific Rim. Did you ever see that? No. You never saw Pacific Rim where monsters. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. The first oh, those, one. Those monsters come from the bottom of the, the right, of yes, the sea and come out yes. and become relevant on Earth and wreak havoc. I think and, that same correlation. One of these monsters that could be deep from the depths of the sea <laughs> could be Quez Watkins in Philly. Watch out for his name on your waiver wires or for flex. Hekinko, uh, you're you're doing something to your brain. Do you have a migraine? No. I'm actually uh, firing on all cylinders today. Uh, and that's scary for the fantasy guys I'm about to play. Anyway. Wow. Scarcity at tight end. Tight end Pat Fermuth over Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. Just keep him uh, on your radar. Uh, Marcus Calloway, especially with uh, Michael Thomas uh, taking a seat for the first five weeks. Darius Slayton in New York. And those are my deep sea kaiju monster sleeper picks wow bro i'm tweeting. you really have enamored me today yinko hey. with uh your pronunciation your annunciation and enunciation your examples your man you were just all around top-notch today yinko hey that i that's and i yeah i I, w I don't want to be a sleeper. I want to be relevant. I don't want to be Michael Thomas. I don't want to be Justin Jefferson. I want to be the Darren Waller of podcasting. How about that? Uh, well, my friend, I'm going to share a couple with you. Tell um, me. Tell us. I wasn't, I, I wasn't too, too uh, crazy here. I told you guys uh, I am big on Brian Edwards from the Raiders. Uh, I think he's going to do great mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, this year. He's a deep sleeper. Um, and uh, also, I think... Uh, the running back from the Jets, the rookie running back, I believe his name is Michael Carter. Um, I'm not saying he's like a sleeper, but he is because he's far down in the death chart right now. Mm -hmm. um, another quarterback that I wouldn't sleep on, and he's not even a starter, is Justin Fields. I think sooner or later you're going to see Justin Fields perform, and I think he's going to do great for Chicago. 
And um, what else can I say? Another another one that people have been talking about, um, and it's just, I don't know how I feel, but Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions. I know you have DeAndre Swift. He's also a little yeah, banged up. That's a guy I forgot for sure. But uh, Jamal Williams is is said to to be a sneaky a sneaky uh, player to to target. And man, I had I had a couple more, but now I just went blanking. Which is kind of right now when you told me about making the sound effect. You were it, it was <laughs> it was. I, I was still trying to decipher that in my brain, like. And if you what haven't seen Pacific Rim, just like robots versus monsters, go check it out. Not the second one, the first one. Second yeah, the second one. If you like the, the first second one, one sucked, go watch bro. the second one. But that's definitely the first one. Uh, while you gather your thoughts, I'm just going to touch base on the teams uh, that I think some of our listeners favor and their latest signings after these all these cuts and roster checks and everything else. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers went out and signed running back Trayvon Edmonds. Uh, wide receiver Rico Bussey, and one guy that sticks out, and they signed more than this, but one guy that sticks out to me is safety Carl Joseph, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler after coming to the Raiders and then being cut subsequently by the Raiders. The biggest one, I think, off the list that I'm going to read is the Colts have signed quarterback Brett Hundley. He was from the Green Bay, no? He was with Green Bay, and this preseason, he did pretty good in Baltimore. So quarterback Brent Hundley is now with the Colts. Whew, that should be interesting uh, to see uh, most definitely as the whole progression of the quarterback situation in Indianapolis uh, tends to uh, progress. Uh, the Chiefs didn't really do anything. Uh, the Raiders, just because we like the Raiders, uh, they brought back uh, to the practice uh, some guys that uh, – I guess hey Yanko, did you do you know if Alarcón uh, just for? That's what just, I'm trying to look because I like it. Alar- do, you, do you think Alarcón made it? Made it? Uh, he did. As a the 53 man roster on the see, Cowboys, or was he sent to practice squad again? Let me see here. Let me see here. So uh, after the final which they roster, which they featured him a lot last last time in uh, I didn't watch yesterday's episode, but the episode before they featured him a lot in Hard Knocks. So these are guys that are added to the practice squads, okay? Not necessarily part of the 53-man roster, but practice squads. Uh, guys that I, I have mentioned already, not necessarily the starting thing, but are now signed with them, right? And mm-hmm. the Cowboys have signed to the practice squad offensive lineman Isaac Alarcon. So he went to practice squad. He so he didn't make the team. He but didn't make the getting... 53-man roster, but he's going to practice squad. Yeah, yeah. And then they to the practice squad, they re-signed Ben DiNucci for the Cowboys uh, that guy sucks, man. No, man. I know. Sucks. But, uh, other news. Let me just, uh, as I go, uh, Jordan H- Howard was signed to the Eagles practice squad. Peyton Barber for Washington football team. Uh, and do do you remember Jordan Howard's prominence with Chicago, yes. man? That guy. Yes. That guy was. That guy was a was Talk about a, a fall, right? Yeah, man. He he was really good, and all of a sudden. Yep. Yep. The Bears. Uh, no one that really stands out, uh, but at linebacker, uh, Sam Kamara, Charles Snowden, running back uh, Ryan Nall, and Artavius Pierce. These are all just practice guys, all right? Fellow El Pasoan, Steven Montes, is on the practice squad as a quarterback. For Washington football team? For the Detroit Lions. Oh, he was cut. Yeah, so he is on the practice Ooh. squad for the Detroit Lions, which is cool, man. 
I I rather as an El Paso one, I rather have him on the team than than not just being uh, cut yeah. on the practice squad. And guys, you might have picked him up last year for fantasy. Is wide receiver Equinemius St. Brown, and he's still with the Packers, but just as a practice squad member. Uh, let me get to uh, some other teams here. Uh, the Rams, since we have some Rams fans, running back Otis Anderson. Uh, and then they got a couple of linebackers, defensive ends, and defensive backs. Uh, practice squad quarterback for San Francisco, Nate Sudfeld. And this is a guy who has started a couple of games for them when they had injury. So Nate Sudfeld and tight end Jordan Matthews has landed uh, in San Francisco for the practice squad as wide receiver Travis Benjamin joins that list uh, for practice squad as well. Uh, but that's pretty much some of the, I'm just mentioning some of the, I know teams that are uh, some of the listeners that are fans of those teams. Right. That follow that, that follow us. Uh, if you want a full list and a more in-depth coverage for that, just go to NFL.com. They have the latest tracker on wide, a wide variety of uh, clinkable links for player cuts to practice squad additions and waiver wire claims. But, now, that being said, Josh, do you have your sleepers or is it enough? Have we given enough info? That is all that I'm going to share, especially with the FFF draft looming and Chuko proceeding on Sunday. So, yes, it is definitely. Yes. Uh, we're not at the eve, but we're definitely at where we're going to be. I can't wait. The next time you hear this congratulatory hello will be at next Saturday's, actually no, this upcoming Saturday's draft. The next time you hear these voices will be the guy stealing your draft pick that you wanted because at number 11 and 12, we're wreaking havoc. Josh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will uh, definitely see you and everyone else as part of the FFF this weekend. I can't wait. Football is here. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on this podcast. Peace. Oops.